0: Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the Rugby Collective podcast. We've got another week and another rugby club gone by the look of it. Um, So a bit we're going to discuss that obviously. Also we've got a lot of Worcester players which have gone elsewhere. So we're going to look at that. And obviously an exciting round of fixtures with a lot more points scored again. Will, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, good mate. A little bit more sprightly than I did last week. Um, But apart from that, all dandy. And, uh, yeah, ready to cover a bit of a busy week of, a, of um Gallagher Premiership. Yeah. Well,
0: you said you were going to watch everything because, obviously, you had coronavirus. Um, uh, Did you or uh, did you lie?
1: Uh, I lied. I was a bit ambitious. Um, it's actually still tough to do a lot of stuff when you've got COVID and in bed for the weekend. But, yeah, well, i watched a decent amount. What are you meant to do if you are in bed? You were just not trying. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a fair point. I'll tell you what the problem was, James, was the scheduling. And I mentioned this the other day on Twitter. Um, I've got the PR TV package and I've got a BT sport, but what am I supposed to do with both of them if all of the games on are on at the same time?
0: Yeah, it's true. And there was, what, two games on Sunday this week, which is... Yeah. At the same time. Yeah.
1: If there was a yeah. game on at one and a game on at half three, then I would have watched them both, but I couldn't, so...
0: Well, we'll find out which ones you watch later. Um, however, what do you want to start with? Uh, happy news? Well, not happy news, but
1: better news, or should we just go straight into WASPs? I think we may as well go straight into WASPs. I think one of the only positives to take from this whole thing, right, is when me and James record, as soon as we finish recording, a load of news usually comes out. However, everything has come out today. Um, we've got a busy a busy one in terms of the amount of news. Um but yeah, the, let's start with Wasps, shall we?
0: Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened last week as well. Everything happened on the on on our day as we recorded it. So it's all going well for us in the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, today it's been announced Wasps are, have had to cancel their game against Exeter um, because they look like they're going into administration as per themselves, basically. Um, and they'll look like they're going into administration in the next couple of days, which is obviously crap
1: yes um i've got a lot of different um things to say on this one um obviously i think the first thing to, to look at is it's incredibly sad that the model is clearly not working um every now and then in any sport you have the occasional club that does get, get into troubles obviously we saw that with worcester hoping that they'd be the only one but it turns out it's, that it's they're not the only one and wasps are now being a, looked into and by all accounts there's other clubs who are potentially being looked into as well and um, so there's clearly something wrong with the overall model isn't there so th- to start with I guess we should just say it is extremely sad isn't it to see these clubs going into turmoil and apparently they're in 90 million pounds worth of debt which is quite hefty obviously.
0: Yeah and obviously they look like they had buyers potentially but they don't seem to be coming through and realistically, with the administrators looking like they're coming through, uh, they look like they're going into administration in the next couple of days, it would really need to, uh, like a late last minute move for someone to buy them out to to stop that process. Um, obviously with Worcester happening, I think as well, the, I think it's a bit more significant almost with all the wasps because Worcester have been that yo-yo club, do you know what I mean? Sort of down a lot up and down, yeah. where wasps have been much more a steady force and I'm, I'm going to Touch on Lawrence Delalio obviously, earlier on this week, he got into a bit of hot water because he said, uh, basically, Wasps shouldn't go down because they've got too much history and basically insinuated that they were too good and the premiership needed them too much to to relegate them, which obviously everyone kicked off about because it doesn't matter how good you were in the past, if you, the rules are the rules. If you got into administration, you're going to get relegated. Um, so, but obviously, yeah, it is a bit more of a shock women team with the history that Wasps have. Um, and, and the players and team that they still have, if you think, it's only two seasons ago, they are in the Premiership final. Um, Wouldn't lie. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one, I think. Um, yeah, but I think, I guess, WAS problems have all come from when they moved to Coventry, really, a lot of it.
1: Yeah, well, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that could have gone better, isn't there? And I think regardless of how how we've got this situation we just need to look at the, the best next steps i think one of the main potential saving graces is potentially because both teams are going down i don't know whether premiership rugby will see that as too big of a hit to, to go for both especially when they've got ambitions of having a 14 team league next year i don't know what they'll do with that one maybe they'll say because there's two teams going down we won't relegate either we don't know how that'll work itself out, um, well, they've already
0: confirmed Worcester are down, so yeah but
1: it, but it is open to appeal um
0: yeah, but I reckon they'll both go down um and then maybe bring one up well, what's your thoughts on a ten man league a ten man you're not yeah, going to get much room with ten men <laughs> ten, ten. <laughs> well, a ten team league would be. Obviously, we still have eleven teams in the league. So, what would you do? Relegate a team this year? I don't think that's fair because you started the league with no relegation.
1: Well, Uh, some chat are saying that apparently they're going to suspend the league um, and then restart as a ten-man. I don't, I don't know how that would work logistically. What's Uh, the other team that's gone? Well, that's that's the thing we don't know. We don't. We'd have to. That's it's it's a very grey area right now. Just in terms of if you take sort of the emotion out and the so, like don't look at the, the individual teams as such and look at it more as a model. Um I, I listened to a post from Simon Cohen the other day, uh, a former Leicester Tigers owner. Um he said the best way to do would to be have have two ten man leagues and then if you've got two ten man leagues you ten team, have... 10 team leagues, oh, man. Sorry, ten ten team leagues. Um then what you will have is you'll have big names. So if you if you say you take a Worcester and a Wasps and maybe a Bath and a Falcons, what you've then got is four big teams within the within the lower division, which brings the lower division to to be a more sort of interesting tournament. And then once you've got got up and down, you've then got a super competitive ten team league at the top as well so you've also got less games so then you can have more more percentage of games with internationals you can have breaks when there's international tournaments like your autumn nations or your six nations and then still have it as a as a relatively similar um sort of season length altogether. so there's a lot of benefits to it however getting to that point is a bit of a stinker isn't it obviously with with having to to relegate teams and and things like that So. I also think if you flip that as well, if you take away the promotion odds from a championship team who's been waiting for however many years to then try and come up, also makes that a bit of a stinker as well, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I don't like that because I think people are paying for rugby and we say about the product because that's what it's got to at this point and you're taking away games And everyone knows how frustrating it is anyway, especially with how many breaks people want. Premiership rugby more than European rugby, more than, well, obviously international rugby, but that's different because you don't get to watch your team. Obviously, you support your team, but how frustrating is it when during the European, like when you have European rugby for two weeks and then prep, well, not so much this year, but we've had Prem Cup rugby for two weeks and you, you have a month without any Prem rugby? Everyone's itching to get back to it. So I don't want these massive gaps in the season. I think it'll, it'll, like you can't build any momentum. There's no form there. I just don't like that at all. I think it breaks up the season way too much, and you're not getting enough rugby in for a lot of players. Well,
1: what what my sort of idea is, if you flip it, if if you look at it from a slightly different perspective, what you've then got is every game you've got your internationals. There's nothing worse than going to a club and then like going for a big game. Like a, you look at, um, was it Leicester Sarre's the other day where there was like a load of internationals missing or something like that. And they're huge games, huge marketable games where you've got masses of international quality players who are then not included because they're off with their country, which is great. And that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? You want to represent your country. But if they're off representing their country, you've then got to have more squad players in, your team in place to, to replace them um who aren't which is it's, I mean for me personally I don't I don't mind it because I, I like seeing these squad players come in and see the squad build and if it's a Prem Cup game I, I'll go and watch that because I like seeing the some of the, the fringe players come in and get some game time and what they can bring to the first team but you lose your marketability then of your your damn biggers your your Zanich your Farrells your Smiths everyone like that so yeah it's got pros and cons but yeah so it's an interesting um Proposition. I'm just trying to think of like a way to to make it a better.
0: I don't like it at all. If you think how long the problem is the length of, um, champ, uh, like the competitions. So what you are not having a single game during the Six Nations? That's six weeks there. You are, if you don't have a single game during the Autumn Nations, that's four weeks. So like that's that's ten weeks. Say a, certain players don't get picked for their international team. Oh, what are they having for a six-week period where they don't play any rugby?
1: Well, if we want to go deeper into it, and if if we if we cover this again next next week, I will have a full plan for you. But this is just sort of like off the top of the head type stuff. But why not introduce like a prem cup style tournament then, where where you then use your players to try something in like a FA Cup style tournament, where you then rotate and try if a player's been really good at ten, but you think he might be good at twelve, play him at twelve, and then we'll see how we. He goes Well, he can knocked out well you wouldn't you'd have like pool stages up until that point so are not, have... like no? not like the FA Cup what was that
0: so not like the FA Cup
1: but you know in, in a similar sort of vein inside like you don't typically a team wouldn't go full noise every round of an FA Cup would they they'd they'd use that time to sort of rotate and change and things like that. So just some something I don't know. There's, I think there'll be... It's that product nobody cares about
0: because everyone's going to be watching the international games.
1: Yeah, but then I don't think that's, that matters as such, does it? Because then yeah. what, what I'm saying is if, if that's if that's the case, then people aren't coming to the, the Premiership games as much anywhere.
0: Yeah, but most of them are. Like, most of your teams will go and...
1: As long as your game's not on
0: at the same time as an England game, say, generally most teams will still go and watch... Maybe your casuals won't, but your season ticket holders are still going to go and watch your team during the Six Nations. Yeah, I guess so.
1: But well, I, I don't know. I think I think it's just a. I'm, honestly, I don't know if that's the right or the wrong answer. I just and I don't think there is right or wrong answers right now. I think I think the, the bottom line of it is the Premiership model right now isn't working. We can see conclusive proof of that by two teams about to go into it. Well in and about to go into administration and to be relegated to the championship. So regardless of what what Premiership is saying about the model and how it's great and everything like that, the bottom line is it's not right now, is it? No.
0: But I think, I, I don't know, it's difficult because you look at France and, what well, France really doing different to us. Well, what France, France is
1: thriving. What France is doing different to us is they've got a competitive second division which gets a lot of viewership and a lot of footfall. So that's, that's how they're thriving because they've got two competitive leagues where people are coming up, and then you've got players and, and teams who you, you can directly come up and compete. And they're also getting like 10,000 people plus to their championship games in, their, in the Pro de Dirt. So if we had 10,000 people going to champ games and then pushed our premiership from, from sort of four or 5,000 to then 10, 15,000 like as an average then you're do you know what I mean you you then grow in a big chunk there. And to get to that point you've got to you've got to change a lot of stuff. I think ticket prices is something you've got to change marketability. One of the things I find, if if you go to football, obviously me and you are both football fans. We're both we both like our American football too. Um if you want to look at um I don't know it's, it's, let's think of an example. So I, I follow Man United, right? So Hannibal Medjury came through a couple of years back, signed from um, Monaco as like a 16-year-old or something crazy like that. As a 16-year-old as a from a Monaco player who was Tunisian, I wouldn't know a thing about him, right? However, you type his name in on, on YouTube, like 10, 15 compilations and reviews and things of this player will come up. This is a player playing in the top division who's playing in the academy. Um, sorry, playing in the academy of a top division club as soon as he has a first team appearance you then know who he is because you've heard about the reports you've seen the sign-ins announced you've seen uh videos on him you've seen what he brings what what he's doing where he's playing everything like this you know what sort of player is coming up and it builds an excitement around this player with how many times have you been to a Gloucester game James or or seen a game on telly and they've announced an academy players in and you said who who the fuck is that because you've you've not heard of you don't know who he is. And it's like, oh, right, who's this guy? When Lewis Samick came on the scene, there was a chat about him being a really young player, which was great and exciting. But imagine you saw a couple of compilations in the run-up to that of him tearing it up, playing for like a, um, like a 21s or a reserve side. Do you know what I mean? That, that would then just bring, once he makes his debut, you've then got that feeling, right, this player's going to be something special because he's done this. I can't wait to see how he gets on. I think for me, that's a huge thing that 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 Premiership aren't doing. You, you don't, we don't know these players coming into to the league for the teams that we support, and I think that's a massive loss for for the sport.
0: Oh well, yeah, and also you look at it, the Championship; half of them don't really even have stadiums or grounds at all.
1: Yeah, that's so,
0: it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a long way to go, and also you speak about the NFL. They were speaking about. I was watching the game because obviously it was on um, London last week. And they were saying it's looking likely you're going to get an NFL um, team based in London, maybe even two over the next couple of years. And it's like, that's probably not good for rugby because you're going to get a lot of people now wanting to watch that or play in that instead, um, which isn't really good. And also it's interesting. I know it's because it's not here often, but NFL can go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and sell out 60,000 people. How often does... If a cl- two club teams played in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you ain't getting anywhere near selling that out, are you?
1: No. No, no way.
0: Anyway, let's move on to some more, well, not, well, better news probably. We've got a load of side-ins. Um, actually, the first one's probably not a happy news. Curtis Rona is going to Japan by the look of it. He's left London Irish after what seems like a big argument with the backroom staff and is left immediately. Yeah. Um, obviously a big player for them, so that'll be a big loss.
1: Yeah, it will be. Um, the, the only thing I can say, though, is, is it's going to open the door right up for um, uh, for Will Joseph. Obviously, he come in, played really well, got himself an England call-up. Fantastic player. Probably the better of the Joseph brothers at the moment. <laughs> um, On so, form, maybe. I don't think you can say he's better currently after what no, Jonathan no, 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 Joseph right done well, they, they, they faced off the other day and Irish came out quite comfortably, didn't they? So, I think he probably yeah. wins the accolade for now, but yeah, I think it, it's the, the door is wide open now, isn't it, for Will Joseph to come through and thrive?
0: Yeah, and it's an exciting backline to do it with. They've got a quite a young backline anyway, so it's, it's quite a good one to go into and thrive. Um, and yeah, look dangerous. Uh, in other news, Dan and John luc Dupreez have both signed new contracts at Sale, which is obviously massive for yeah. Sale because they're both integral pl- players for them. Um, I don't think there's much more to say on that. No.
1: No, I think yeah, that's. This is what it says on the tin. Just two huge, outrageously powerful sappers really, isn't it? Great yeah. signings.
0: Um, then more Worcester players I um we spoke last week obviously about Duan der merver and Rory Sutherland. You've now got um Kitchener and Howe have both gone to Sarries on three month deals. Um so they're probably injury covered by the look of them, um, which obviously may turn into longer deals. Uh but good signings for
1: Sarries, you'd say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's nice to. Uh, I, I was surprised that Kitchener didn't go earlier, actually. Um, just a real, real workhorse in the second row, so can't complain with that. Tom Howe obviously looks a a good player too. So good to see him having some rugby. I think Will Chudley has just moved to. I want to say Coventry as well. Is it Coventry that he's just gone to? I don't know. Will Chudley's just found himself a club anyway. I, I want to say Coventry, but don't quote me on that one. because It may be something different. It's definitely a <laughs> club anyway. Okay. Well, good for him to find a club.
0: Yeah, Joey Batley has gone to Bristol, obviously recently went from Worc- uh, from Bristol to Worcester and now he's gone back. Uh, so it'll be good to strengthen a, a squad that is slightly struggling, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, and then some more news out of Northampton. Um, Dan Bigger is leaving and Finn Smith looks to be the replacement.
1: Yeah, I really like um, the Finn Smith in move. I think it's really good. What I don't get is apparently a lot of people aren't very happy with Grayson, which I think is weird because I think he's pretty good. Every time I've seen Grayson, I've I've always seen him as a pretty good replacement, to be honest.
0: Yeah, you've been quite hot on Grayson. Um, But Finn Smith's a good youngster. Obviously, this move looked on before, obviously, all the Worcester stuff happened.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was going to happen next year, right? Um, it was going to happen ahead of next season, but with under the circumstances, they brought it forward and, and signed him for for this season. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes straight in or whether Grayson will will play second for the um, You'd
0: imagine, because he's got some weeks now before the Autumn International still, um, you'd imagine he obviously bigger will start and then they can blood him straight in. You might as well.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see why not. Um the only thing I will say, right, if you look at this from Grayson's perspective, do you think he'll now leave? You'd imagine so. What's,
0: you don't want to play second fiddle and then when when a player like Dan leaves to so then continue to play second fiddle. It's just, And it's not exactly like they brought in a big name. If they'd say brought in, I don't know, Untamak, just as an example, you're kind of more happy to place a second fiddle to a player like that. When they brought in a young player like Finn Smith, who I believe is younger than Grayson, you kind of... Don't really see many opportunities there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, if I was Grayson, I'd probably leave um, under that that circumstance. Because I don't think he'd struggle to find a club either. I think he'd be like a great backup 10 slash 15 to like uh, Paddy Jackson at, um, at Irish. I think that'd be quite a good mood for
0: him. A great move to, for Newcastle.
1: Yeah, imagine, imagine Grayson in, in that Falcons back line. I'd, I'd love that, actually. That'd be, that'd be a great... Um,
0: Definitely better free. than German. Um, I think, anyway. Um, also, yeah, as I said, Dan Beggar's leaving, which will be a big loss for Northampton because he, he is a great player. But he is getting on um, 33, I think, at the end of this week. Um, so, obviously, by the time... It'll be nearly 34 by the end of the season. So, yeah, um, moving on. Uh, but We don't really have any idea where he's going yet. Uh, could be Wales, obviously, if he wants to go back home. But they're not. If he wants to make a bit of money, maybe France or Japan.
1: I can see him getting a little bit of a, a retirement bag in France for a year or two. Yeah, just. Yeah, kind I, of. I would like to confirm that though, but but yeah,
0: yeah. It's, if... it's a personal preference sort of thing, isn't it? Whether he wants to spend more time with his family and kind of retire, um, or go off and make a bit more
1: money. Um, I can't imagine he's short of a, of a few quid, though.
0: No, no, I can't imagine. Um, and also, stay on fly halves, uh, Alton Yanti's, the South African uh, fly half. Looks like he's going to Toulon. I think he has signed for Toulon. I'm not sure whether this is just a rumor or if it's confirmed, but it looks like yantis is going to Toulon.
1: Yeah, well, he's had a had a decent little, um, he had a decent few cameos in a, a South Africa shirt, hasn't he? So, yeah,
0: I I'd think more than a few cam- cameos.
1: Um, yeah, well, he's um he's well, I'd say he's probably back up to uh. Andre, right?
0: Well, he bumped him out of the team at, at one point, Pollard, when he wasn't playing very well. Um, true. Although maybe his little brother's even better. Because his little brother's Hirsch or the scrum half, isn't he? Yeah. And he looks quality, it's just he's stepped behind after clerk.
1: Yeah. Which one is it that has just been kicked out of the squad?
0: I have no idea. I think it was um, Alton, Elton, Yantes. It was the it was the fly
1: half. Been a naughty boy, but yeah, that's a tell for another day. Um, I, I don't yeah. know if that was him, but yeah, it was,
0: it was him. He had a um, a thing with the one of the physios or something like that, nutritionist, I think, actually.
1: Yeah, something along those lines. Well, he was a naughty boy anyway, and uh, yeah, but no, I think he's a, he's an extremely talented rugby player, and maybe now that he's not in the South Africa fold for the time being, that a trip to France, a couple of quid in his pocket, and uh, hopefully playing some nice shiny French rugby.
0: Yeah, kind of fits the mould. I think quite an attacking flair player, so fits in well at France. Um, and obviously, some obvious uh, sad news is coming out of Bristol that Harry Randall—he's not died or anything. It's not that sad. Yeah, you brought um,
1: that up to be. Very yeah, good. I
0: know. Yeah, he's not dead. He's—I um, don't know what he's done, but he's injured. He's out for four months. What has
1: he done? Do you know? <laughs> uh, something to his leg or, or knee or something like that. He's in a—he's in a. Um, yeah a brace on his leg anyway so he
0: does yeah. have some
1: dodgy knees does randall yeah well he's out for four months anyway which is yeah
0: it's, it's a couple of seasons is that
1: three seasons in a row he's had knee injuries quite possibly yeah um i don't want to confirm if it is a knee injury no, but if it is
0: he, he does have and um if you do your acl it can be a recurring sort of thing on especially on the other leg which doesn't really make sense but um so let's hope it's Oh, it's not an acl because of the
1: time, you don't recover from ACL before, before. I think I think it just proves that the Bristol curse on scrum halves isn't gone because during the last season when they injured about 28 flipping the scrum halves and then every time they injured one they brought a new one in and then they got injured sh- shortly after. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: um, if you're a scrum half, don't go to Bristol is the moral of the story. I think and- the worry for Bristol is not their replacement because the urine can come in. It'll be who then replaces this. It's the backlog, isn't it? Who then comes in after that and so, yeah. yeah Is that
0: Venter still on their books? Because um, obviously he came in, looked good, and then got injured. Um.
1: Yeah, Venter, did you say? Yeah. They got a Venner. Venner, maybe Venner. Venter, Venner, same. Well, didn't he come on? And he was on for about 20 minutes, and then he did his ACR, right? Came good yeah, came yeah. Well, came he went on. from Gloucester to Lone to Hartbury, and then yeah. moved to Bristol. So.
0: Yeah, they signed him, and he came on, I think it was against Worcester was tearing up, nailing people, made a break and then did his knee in. <laughs> um, what was his first name? Toby, right? Toby, yes, I believe. Um, yeah, well, I'm, not,
1: I'm not
0: um But yeah, talking of Bristol, we're going to go on to our game. Um, and... Uh, actually, have, no, we're not.
1: He plays for Jersey Reds.
0: So. Oh, so he's moved on. Um so they got him for 20 minutes and then we were like, ah, oh, no, you're injured. Someone else can pay your injury bill. Um, we're not going to move on yet. We're going to talk about referees um, and the standard of And Maybe this is part of the problem. Um, we'll discuss that now. Uh, was this a request? This was a request of someone um, wanting yeah. us to look?
1: Refs. So, yeah, we got a message in from Glenn. Um, he has asked me to... Discuss refs, so I uh, proposed it to you, and he did say that this could take. He's very aware this could take a full, a full episode, which I think he might be right. Um,
0: We're going to try and do it in ten minutes. So,
1: yeah. but yeah, I think one of the things that I wanted to say, right? Um, do we all the topic I wanted to bring up on it on refs? Um, do we think the laws have become too subjective, or do we think that the standard of refereeing has actually dropped, or do we think it's a bit of both? So
0: was this, was this the question put to you or was this your question I don't really... the question
1: was just um well it was less of a question, more of just a statement saying right um, we should um talk about, about some of the uh, uh, the, the referee
0: um, Well, I think it's a good point. um we try not to smack on refs too much on the pod. Um, I especially do go harsh on refs when I'm at games and when I'm talking to you personally, but we try not to, because it's just, especially after games, there's no point digging them out, unless they've made big, big errors, there's not really much point digging them out, because they get stuff wrong, and that's kind of, kind of just always going to happen, Um, and they get a lot of hate anyway, so we try not to dig them out too much, don't we?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: But, now we're going to spend 10 minutes doing it, so here we
1: go! <laughs> <laughs> We've stored it up. And then, so... I think, personally, I think what the biggest issue, and obviously um, feel free to to chime in whenever, um, I think in in a couple of seasons ago, the biggest issue was head contact. I think anything to do with head contact was just kind of ridiculous. We saw really silly red cards for, for head contact, which I think to the credit of referees has been much better now. We've seen some head contacts which have been deemed... Accidental it deemed, deemed uh, a rugby incident more, which I think is great. I think that's the direction we need to be going in, um, keeping head, um, head injuries as a priority, but also looking at them from a realistic standpoint that you, you are putting yourself on the line and it is going to be part of the game, unfortunately. So I think that's good. I think for me, the biggest inconsistency is breakdown officiating. And I think when you've got athletes on the level of, of a Jack Willis now, of a Tommy Raphael. Um, I think any inconsistencies like that can really, really change the way the game's played. Um,
0: yeah. Well, oh, sorry. But really maro yeah. Itoji is the prime example of that. If he gets on the right side of a referee, he looks like a world beater. If he gets on his wrong side, he gives away about five penalties in the game and looks awful.
1: Yeah, completely agree. And I think, I think that's it, isn't it? And, what is you could take the an identical ruck with an identical jackal and one week someone will, will give it as a penalty, one week someone will, will just let it play, one week someone he might give it the other way as a penalty. So with something which is as fine a margin as that, I think it's really difficult for one for refs to officiate it, and two for there to be such a stark difference between ref to ref as you go. Um so, yeah, I don't know where you stand on that. But for me, I think that's one of the biggest problems. And I think it's also quite easy to, to get around.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it is. I think most people have kind of accepted referee to referee at this moment in time. It is different, um, which is a problem. But I think more people, people don't mind if a referee during a game is consistent. If they consistently give stuff, then I think most fans are happy during that game. Um it's when the referee starts being inconsistent for uh during a game, which creates problems. And also referees will then do that from week to week. If, if a certain referee like Wayne Barnes is consistently a bit more lenient on any head or high tackles where some other referees are like shit out of it. Like any hand or arm anywhere over the shoulder or towards the neck. Right. That's, that's at least a penalty, if not a binning. Whereas, uh, I think Barnes is a lot more lenient on, right. He was falling. He was dipping, so it's not it's it's nothing. It was just an accident. Yeah, um but yeah, certain referees will give something one week and then the next won't give it. and it, it doesn't really make sense. But yeah, I, I agree. Uh, around the breakdown it is it is a bit of a mess. Um, certain players, yeah, won't, won't get things. um and also, I think another problem I think with referees as well, momentum so many refs give away so much to momentum, like because the team's on the front foot, everything will go that way and they'll win every single penalty. As when you actually break it down. A lot of it isn't, but because they've got in their head, oh, this player's doing this and this player's, but that, you have to be subjective to the individual. Um, yeah. What's happening at that
1: point. Interesting. You say that actually, I was listening to uh, Mark Atkinson talk on the egg chasers podcast the other week Um and he actually said that the referees have now been told to, to go with the momentum. So if a if team has turned it around and is starting a comeback and everything like that, almost to give them the benefit of the doubt with some description, to, to keep these games competitive and to keep them boiling over and, and make them a more exciting spectacle, which I think is just horrendously wrong. I think there should be, has he got the ball? Yes. Give it that way. In, in, it should be that black and white. Um, I know sometimes it's more difficult to do that based on like timing and, and things like that. But the thing on, on what you're saying, I completely agree. Um, with some refs, they have a different way of officiating it, and as long as they're consistent within the game, then that's all they can be. What bothers me in that front, we'll take I don't know, take Craig Maxwell Keys. He's just the first one that's come to mind, and I'm not I'm not saying that Craig Maxwell Keys does this as such, but just as an example. So. So you've got two home games on the trot, right? You go to your first home game. Um, you know that Craig Maxwell-Keys is, is officiating the match. You have a look at the way he performs, um, the way he officiates the breakdown, because I imagine most clubs will do that in the run-up to a to a game with a ref. Um, if he says, Craig Maxwell-Keys gives everything, as soon as you're over the ball and got your hands on it, it will give it straight away. Um, so we're going to compete at as many breakdowns as we can. We're maybe going to change the personnel in the team, so we've got um, we've got Tommy Rafale playing seven instead of Hanro Liebenberg because Tommy Rafale offers more at the breakdown in that sense than than Liebenberg does. Um, you go to your first home game, and that's absolutely the case. He, he gives you penalty after penalty after penalty, and you build a uh, possession and you build a score because you, you've researched that and you know that's what he's going to do, and he does. But for the following week, you've got the same referee, you then go for the same tactics and you go for the same um, outcome, you, you do it exactly the same quality at exactly the same time with exactly the same decision-making behind it. However, he doesn't give you anything, and it then starts to ping you for it, for, for things like hands in the ruck or no clear release. And then all of a sudden, you've then got pumped because you've given away penalty after penalty because you've put your jackals in based on the same referee giving different decisions for the same act. And I think that is where it just becomes so unmanageable when refs are literally changing their views of it game to game, you, there's no way you can prepare for that going into games. You, you've literally, that that can be the difference in so many matches as well.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing is as well, refs go into the changing room before a game and talk to the squads and tell them, right, today, lads, I'm, uh, I'm going to be extra hot on X, Y, Z. And um, so watch out for doing this. Probably because there are a few who phoned them up and gone right. You weren't very good at this last week. Can you can you make sure you're better right. on it this week? Um, but it would just be nice as fans to kind of have a bit of that a bit of insight to know. Right, this referee this week is going to be. I, I know it's difficult to do, but this referee this week is going to be. Any time a player is off their feet, like off their feet at all over the ball and their hands mm-hmm. are compatible, Right, straight away your opinion. There's no little, oh, right, he's slightly past the ball, he can come back onto it. No, anytime he's gone past that ball, right, he's pinging it because he's off his feet, he's not spoiling his weight. If, if you could, you know that they're focusing on those sort of little bits and you then see it getting pinged time and time again, I think it does make it a bit easier as a fan. But um, anyone who's played rugby at any level will know the referee will come up to you and just be like, right, at, at the start, we'll t- talk to both teams and t- tell them what they're looking for specifically that week. And certain referees are, are hotter on other things. Uh, if you have that little bit of insight going into it, it does make a difference because you'll know, right? That's given that way. I understand why this this referee is just extra hot on that certain thing.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree. And stuff like that is what we want to see. We want to see that in fruition more, though. You know, we want to see. We want to see. This is what we're looking for. Like, well,
0: I think when they t- tried the TMO, that you could hear it around the ground. That is um, so good. I think they should try... I think they should try everything the ref... Pretty much anything the ref says. Not everything during the game. But, like, anything... um, Like, the ref says as well. During the... Uh, like, decision-wise. should You should hear uh, a clip of it. Because I think they do that in rugby league, don't they? Um, I believe. In rugby league, you can hear the whole conversation.
1: I believe they do in some Southern Heavens games as well.
0: Yeah. It, it makes it just so much more transparent. You know... It, like TMO sometimes, you're like, what are they looking at? You don't have a clue what they're actually looking at or why. Um, or, or some try. if you're in the ground, you're looking at a try decision and it's been disallowed. You're like, what, why has that been disallowed? You can't actually see a reason. Um, so I think it makes it better.
1: And I think one one good thing from that is, right, is, you know, like when they say try, yes or no. Like it, when they, sorry, when they ask the questions like on-field oh, decision is try, have you got anything to prove otherwise, or on-field decision is no try? Like you have no idea what you're looking at, and, and I know they put the replays up on the screen, but you never know whether it's. Um, and it does make a big difference, um,
0: Because yeah, you can see right. They've got no evidence to overturn that because they think it's already a try, or actually that they don't think that's a try, and they're not going to overturn it again. Um, yeah. it makes a big difference because yeah, you you'll know more. What they're looking
1: at, and it's just fun experiences, you know, like just making sure. about yeah,
0: everyone in the ground is actually. Also, I think communication with the refs differs massively as well. um So I speak to you before the pod. I, was, I watched the Northampton game, um, and and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But I watched the the highlights of the Sarri's, um Saries Newcastle game, and Wayne Barnes was the ref, and he one of the Newcastle players. The rep was cleared out. The ball was there, but he was still in. And the player went to grab it and he was still offside. And Barnes shouted him, no, no, get back, you're offside. So the player went round and just went back and nobody touched the ball. Now, in the Northampton um, Wasps game, I don't know who the referee was um, uh, because he's not a a common referee, but um, there was no communication. Dan Bigger looked like the ball was out. He, He thought the ball was out. He ran round the side, picked the ball up and went off. No, no point did the you hear. Obviously, I was watching
1: it from home, so you I did hear, look out to be fair as well.
0: Yeah, and you you can hear when the referee's talking, and there was no communication at all between the referee and bigger. And he kind of looked at him before he went, and there was no communication. Now most referees will be able to say no, that's in, but if you don't give that communication, you can't really ping him because you need to be talking to the refs, uh, talking to the players all the time. And It's that bit of respect. Nigel Owens was great for it he had that respect between him and the players and that's why you've got some of the great lines that um he he produced
1: yeah i, I agree and stuff like that it, it just makes the game so much free more free-flowing doesn't it if you've got those those conversations happening over yeah. time. um yeah if if, if, we, if we go back to our original question then um do we think the laws are too subjective or do you think the referees just aren't as consistent with with the laws? What, what do you think?
0: I'd, I'd lean towards the referees because I think there's always going to be grey areas in the rules because of the nature of the way rucks are. That every ruck is slightly different. Every do you know what I mean? Every tackle is slightly different. Every head collision and it is slightly different. So you can't have it right. This is a hundred percent. Obviously, we see the certain certain things that are like, right, that is a red card because that's been ticked, that's been ticked, that's been ticked. It's the most clear red card going. But generally, there's lots of things that are, right, that could be one thing. It could be a penalty. It might not be. Um, so I think it's just referees need to be more consistent. And also, I was going to say this quickly before you answer. How many referees would you say you you see on a match day and you're like, right, I'm glad we've got that referee today? Probably two. In the
1: premiership. In the premship. The, the, in the, prep. the refs, probably two.
0: I was thinking three. Go on then. Luke Pierce is the best for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'd say Wayne Barnes generally is quite good. He's had a few speakers recently, but generally I think Wayne Barnes is quite good. Yeah. And um what's he called? Chris Christopher. Um
1: Christoph Ridley.
0: Christoph Ridley. I think he's quite good.
1: Okay. I'm gonna stick with Tim. <laughs>
0: No, I think generally Christophe Ridley gets a more right than he gets wrong.
1: Okay, no, that, that's, a fair, that's a fair point, right, on the, on the refs of how many do you think, do you have on a weekly basis and think, yeah, definitely going to get a good referee performance. If you flip that, how many would you see and think this is a nightmare? Like, this is a, this, do you know what I mean? This is going to be carnage. Don't, don't name names as such yet. At least three. At least three. I'd probably go, I'm trying to think maybe
0: three i i could make i'll shall i name the three i'll name the three i'll name them, go on, go on. I'll name them quickly yeah. um uh, i can't even think dixon foley um tempest
1: okay I, I think foley is hard done by that person maybe. Or,
0: or actually maybe carly carly's worse than foley uh carly
1: i'd say dixon and um uh Maxwell Keys. Although I will say that Maxwell Keys has got significantly more consistent and better, and just yeah, his my Maxwell Keys education is good. Um, I'm actually going to take him off, and yeah, because he has got a lot better. Um, Tempest, Tempest is atrocious. But this is the thing, right? Regardless of our opinions and stuff on this, um, and d- we're not the only ones with with similar opinions. But the fact that you can think of a ref and instantly know that, you, you, well, instantly not know what sort of variation of the law you're going to get. Is, is quite a remarkable... <laughs> um,
0: well, I think, thing. for me, one of them as well, is Dixon is an ex-Harlequin player.
1: Yeah, I do, I do, I do think he shouldn't, shouldn't have... He? I don't think he should be allowed to referee Harlequins games. personally. Which he
0: does, but yeah. I, I don't ever see that as fair, um, really. Especially as he pretty much left and went straight into refereeing. It wasn't like there was a 10-year time gap.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you can't do that at international level. He couldn't referee an England game. No, I don't see why he should be able to at club level. It's the same with like Nick Wood is coming up and he, he's refed or he's he's touch judged for Gloucester games. I, I also don't think that should be allowed. Um, but,
0: but then at least I don't mind so much your touch judge because you're not you're not as yeah. such affecting the game. Really, touch judges don't do much, do they?
1: Well, I'm not. That's, I think that's unfair. But I, I, they don't do as much as the ref, obviously. They I don't.
0: don't I think that is completely fair, and I think touch judges should do a lot more. I think it make a referee's job a lot easier when you see touch judges um, actually interject and give their opinions on stuff. I think it makes the referee's job a lot easier. They do a lot more, uh, and they get a lot more decisions right because instead of having one pair of eyes, you've got three, three effectively. Yeah, I, think, not... I would agree with that, and I think again, other game, like things where you see where they're in touch and they're like, oh, I don't know, when they score a try, it's like the most obvious thing. It's like how how have you not seen that?
1: Agreed, right? On, on one thing, um, one thing on that, how much do we hear the touch judges? Whether we're watching on telly, whether we're watching in the ground. You hear it on telly. If they speak much on telly. Oh, hang on, no, hang on, no. But I think, and I could be wrong, but I think when touch judges speak, we hear them through the ref's mic. We don't hear them through their own mic. No,
0: only, we, only I've people,
1: heard no, 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 no. The sorry. only people you hear on a match day are a ref and his TMO. You won't hear interjection from from the touch judges only when they're stood next to the referee. No, no, I
0: heard it because they'll say like knock on, and the that's rest the, of them that's the that's the TMO though, right? No, no, it's not because the TMO can't the TMO can't call a knock on. The TMO can't intervene for a knock on.
1: Hmm. I don't. I don't think you hear touch judges.
0: The TMO can only interject if it's dangerous play,
1: or um,
0: or the the referee goes to them basically. Yeah, but,
1: yeah, but it's, it's like when you hear like a knock-on chord, is that not the ref saying, has that been dropped or something like that? And then the TMO can say, yeah, yeah, that's a knock-on. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but sometimes you'll hear it and it's not like they'll
1: just say it as if it be knocked on. Oh, Jimmy, I think you're wrong, mate. Well, I'm not. on on, <laughs> on on my point, which is clearly correct, um, we don't know how much they get involved. Well, not enough. Most of the time. Yeah, but at least, yeah, I guess so. But like, I don't know how many. It's amazing
0: how many line outs go exactly, like, how many penalties go exactly where they, they were stood. It's amazing that. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, oh, it's gone right here because I couldn't be asked to move. Oh, last one, yeah. Yeah, fair
1: point. Fair point. Um...
0: <laughs> right. That was longer than we were meant to spend on that. But I hope you're happy, Glenn. Was it Glenn?
1: yeah shout out to glenn um Hi, glenn. let us know what you think and even if you're not um, working, at us on socials and let us know what you think of yeah it?
0: let us know uh, um give us more topics we like to talk about topics um yeah. i mean you don't have to talk about you know, rugby uh, as much
1: so um, yeah. at, at rugby collective on twitter facebook and instagram drop us a, a message and we yeah. will uh, we will or at
0: will Hartshorn.
1: don't know um, Showing, you
0: know, Just respond. He <laughs> admits to will. Um, he likes people dropping, sliding his DMs. Uh, right, yeah. Bristol, Exeter. We're going to fire through these and say quickly what you thought about them because we spent longer on the refs than we went to. Bristol got yeah. pumped. Chiefs look good. Yeah, that sums it up quite nicely, doesn't it? Chiefs are back, mate. Tore them apart in that second half. Um, and I think the thing is, the big thing for that is you said last week you looked at it and you said, right, well, it's interesting because obviously Bristol lost to Newcastle. And um, you were like, oh, they've lost all their big... They didn't have a lot of their big games out. This week they did, and they got pumped.
1: Yeah, got the, the absolute big boys out and uh, got their big boys put back away, didn't they? Um, absolute pants pulled down. Who takes 50 at home on a Friday night? And I would
0: say um, this is the first good team they've played. And, or maybe not the first good team, because they've played Irish. But maybe the first team they've played that's a top, a true top four contender... Yeah, proper test, no? Proper test. Yeah, proper, a, a true top four contender in Exeter. And they've um, been found out. And I, I would just like to say, I said last week that Bristol were frauds. Mostly last week, no, the week before, when they were top of the league, I said they were frauds. Um, <laughs> and I've been proved right. So, <laughs> and Silly Will backed them in the predictions and now looks like a right mug.
1: I did. No, I absolutely did predict them um, to do. To do well because every time you send them with their big boys out, they've been decent, yeah. Well, but against that teams, yeah. But that's <laughs> as you say, yeah. I, I'm agreeing with you, yeah so Now they've had like a, a big, proper test and a, and a feisty looking chief side. And they've um, yeah, they, they, they didn't pass they the just, test today.
0: No, they just went back to defending like they did last year,
1: yeah. Well, errors, didn't really get the attack going. Harry Randall out for, for four months, yeah. I
0: know. And the only time they've really looked good this season is when
1: Randall's played, so that's a problem. And who have they got in terms of big boys to come in? Just semi-Red Rider, right?
0: Uh, I believe so, yeah. Every, everybody else will play. Sinclair, oh dear, that man looks dreadfully out of form.
1: Yeah, he's not in his best, uh, best shape, is he? And also, no. I think I, I didn't really want to bring this up, and we've said it before, we don't like targeting individual players, but Genji had a bit of a meltdown as well, didn't he? Genja, had a stick. got sent off. Yeah. Genji. For dissent. <laughs> he nearly got a second yellow for dissent. Sure, Imagine game, you game have a bad game, but dissent, was it three times or the it two times you got marched back 10?
0: To be fair, that one time where it, he merely sent him off, it was a bit harsh. All he went he like kind of shrugged a bit. And then he he <laughs> yeah, didn't I do it.
1: Yeah, I think that's bollocks. You know, you know, when he said, I was just I was just apologizing to the team or something like that. No way, was he? No, he wasn't, but it wasn't. I don't think it would, it was a bit harsh. If he if he gave <laughs> him a second yellow in the red. Yeah, it would have been harsh if you said that. I, I yeah. completely agree. But the, the thing with Genge is you get a lot of aggression, and that is exactly what makes Genji a fantastic player, but it's just keeping it under tabs. And he hasn't had a breakout in a long time where he's really, like, exploded, has he? So,
0: also, interesting, and I think it's actually detrimental to Bristol, really, um, as, as an overall team, he was captain for that game. Who? Genji was. Genge was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was he actually? Was he really? I'm pretty sure. I'm 90% sure they said Genge was captain.
1: Uh,
0: Um, And I mean, the thing, why is it detrimental is because obviously Genge captained Leicester brilliantly, but what does it say to the team? A player who's come in in, what, like five games ago is
1: your captain? Yeah, I I do get this argument. I know where you go on with it, but I actually don't see much of a problem if if a Premiership winner has just come in from captaining someone um, last week. I don't think it's don't think is uh, last week last year. I don't think is much of a problem, personally.
0: Yeah, but it, to me, it just suggests you've got like l-
1: very few leaders in your team. Well, maybe so. And also, I don't think he was captain. Does he not? I, I read, they said he was captain. Um, I will keep on googling it. I'll keep on uh, looking for you. But I don't um,
0: I'll tell you another thing. That, the, uh, the, the, the winger, the flanker, who looks very good, whose name I can't remember again. Uh, Chris, uh, Christian or whatever he's called. Christ. Oh,
1: Christ Chunza. Yeah, him. He's Welsh and he said he's only going to play for Wales. Did you not know this? He was capped last Six Nations, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, Chunza was actually capped last... Um, last year, right, for Wales. Uh, one of the youngest players to um, be capped. I
0: just saw an article that said about him saying he'd never play for, for uh, England. So I assume that meant he hadn't been capped because, well, but obviously not. Stupid, stupid article.
1: Yeah, well, um, you're actually wrong twice because Genj wasn't captain last week, either.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure they said at one point on the commentary about him being captain. Um, who was captain in the first half? Uh,
1: he. Uh, didn't he go off at half time? He did, yeah, for Dan Thomas. Uh,
0: maybe Genge became captain in the second half. Maybe I was right. Um. Anyway, right. Bath, in- uh, Bath England? Bath England, that's a weird game. Bath Gloucester. Um, thoughts? bit boring, bit crap.
1: Yeah. Um. Bath. If Bath could complete a line-out, they'd probably move in. I think that's yeah, it, it does help. Yeah, seven, didn't, wasn't it seven line-outs they lost? Something like that. Yeah, that's probably uh, doesn't help proceedings.
0: No, um, neither team looked great. I mean, it, wasn't, is good. it is a big West Country derby. Um, so form kind of goes out the window. But at one point when it was 21-7, it looked like Gloucester were going to run away with it. But I think what we've seen from this team now is that Gloucester are going to be very similar to what they are, were last year and aren't going to really win it many games by a lot. There's going to be a lot of tight games, um, and I think they'll be roughly where they were last year. Yeah, I, I don't
1: see, um, I don't see too many complaints with that. Um, we did, we have seen them try and open up a little bit more, but they haven't quite had the accuracies there there yet to do so. Um, didn't really do that against Bath, though, did they? Well, this is they fired a couple of shots in the first half, didn't they? But didn't quite get the result that they wanted to. So then sort of resorted back to 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 form and then just kept putting it in the corner and and trying to use their their power, which, in the end, did the job not as well as they would have wanted, because they didn't get the bonus point win, but when they had a few opportunities to do so. And, but I, I wonder whether maybe against like an Irish who they face in a couple of weeks, they'll try and open it up a bit more? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll I see. don't know.
0: I'm not sure opening it up against Irish is the way to go, That that generally leads to Irish
1: scoring quite a lot of points.
0: Um,
1: well, Irish concede quite a lot of points as well, don't they? So maybe time to fire up. Good for Bath. Ollie Lawrence is just because it looked like
0: Ollie Lawrence may be leaving, but he signed a new contract. Um, and that's the main one, to be honest, because he looked great for them. Um, yeah. Obviously, considering it was his first game in a month, probably. And he um, is a new club. So he looked great.
1: Yeah. Uh, Fergus Lee Warner uh, also signed for the rest of this season. So I believe Ollie Lawrence's contract is long term and Fergus Lee Warner is for the rest of this year.
0: Yes.
1: Um, we'll move
0: on because that was quite a boring, turgid game. Uh, Leicester sale. Uh, not going to spend much time on this, but Leicester look crap,
1: mate. Leicester um, sale again. They're just they're just winning, James. They just keep on winning. Dan Dupree, I said it at the start of the season. Probably the best ten in the league. I'm pretty sure that's what I said at the start of the season, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. You
0: didn't say that he was the worst starting 10 in the in the competition.
1: I probably said something along the lines of Gus War and Dan Dupree as a title-winning 9-10 and 10 combo. I, th- I, th- I can't remember exactly, you know, but I think along... I think that's what I was trying to say, anyway. Right. Sure. Something like that, anyway. But
0: I oh. think the thing is, Sale are quietly going about, about their business.
1: Yeah, well, they're up there, aren't they?
0: Well, the thing is, they're not... None of their games, I don't think, have been on TV so far, pretty much. Um, So lots of teams are not really... Lots of fans, anyway, aren't really making a noise about them. Um, They are on TV this week. But yeah, they've been quietly going about their business, beating everyone. And I tell you what, Leicester, they don't look as sharp in attack. And in defence, they're now conceding points that they weren't conceding, missing tackles that they weren't missing last year. So it's not a good combination.
1: No, um, it's absolutely not. They're, they're not in a great spot, are they, in terms of where they were yeah. last year? And are
0: they've they... got players like Jasper Visa back now and they're still nowhere near it by the look of it.
1: Well, I think, yeah, that you, you never see a team have a season like they did last year and then bounce back and do the same thing again the following year, do they? So I think now is a really, really important period to see how they dig in and then turn it around. Um, because if they keep going like they're going now then they could be, well, they certainly won't be uh, top of the tree if they carry on like they are at the moment. So, well, they won't even be top four if they carried on like this. Um, two, two wins and three losses. So
0: Well, I think their season so far has been summed up by that. I don't know if you saw, but the last play of the game, they had a penalty in the middle of the pitch, basically, to get a bonus point. I don't know why they didn't go for sticks, but they were going to the corner. And I think it's Freddie Burns, but it might have been Gopper, missed touch, and Sale just kicked out. Yeah, that'll kill you, won't it? And I think that sums up. But I don't know why they didn't go for points and just because obviously they they only scored one try in the game, um, and so they couldn't get a bonus point for a try. So I was a bit confused why, I, unless they didn't think they had the leg on them. Um, but yes, yeah, Sale looking really good. Tulangi, did you see Tulangi shot on Potter? No. So basically, Tulangi makes uh, no Potter makes a break down the side, um, and they're kind of covering a back. He steps inside, um, I think it's the fullback, and Tuolangi absolutely flattens him. Oh, really? Hovering back, Tuolangi just comes from, comes from behind him and just flattens him. It's such a big hit. I would one, not like to
1: take a shot from... Um, from... It was
0: one of, yeah, it was one of those you didn't see coming either, so it's like even worse. In better news, though, F- uh, Raff, I did say Faffy, Faffy Quirk, but Raffy Quirk um, came back in looked excellent, um, held up. Um, held at Matt Scott so they didn't score a try, scored a try himself, looked really, really good.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I heard he had an absolute storm. It's one of the games yeah. I didn't actually watch. but um,
0: Just needs to get a run of games now and get more experience.
1: Yeah, playing next to a world-class flight half and Rob Dupree is what I think he's going to excel.
0: Well, also, he sat behind Faf Clerk for a couple of years, so that's going to help. Um, moving on now to... Sarri's Newcastle and we go to red card sunday. Um
1: yeah. Red card. That's,
0: that's what I'm dubbing it now. And Sarri's blew away Newcastle
1: until Macavunapola tried his hardest to to KO someone in the, in the I mean,
0: Even then they only lost 14-7 after that
1: point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think top of the league versus second bomb. So I think that says a lot, doesn't it?
0: Yeah uh Sarri's looked really good Elliot Daly looked really really good um but they just were too good um you were saying about the Argentinian centers and how good they would be and then they played a deep team that wasn't Bristol that kept dropping the ball and they didn't look very good
1: um, well, i do think though give that give that backline a chance and they will um they will they will show their yeah. their decent
0: when there was a bit more space um Carreras not Carreras, yes Carreras um, looks really lively. I kind of thought Radwan might come into his own when when Sarries went down a man, but um, Carreras looks very lively, very difficult to tackle. He's bumping off players as well for a little man. He looked good, a bit like a Cheslin Um flying, rapid, unlucky not to score a wonder try at the end as well. So they got talent.
1: Is, they got talent. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on the Macarena before we move on? Red card. I think it's it's a red card more for intent than actual execution. Um, I yeah. think he's clearly flown in trying to hit him with the shoulder and hasn't. Um, but the fact he's flown in with his shoulder like that, I think it's a bit like, what are you doing, really? Um, but if credit where it's due. This um, <laughs> it's, it's a red card. Credit credit to the credit where it's due to the ref. I mean, for for calling it because sometimes when there's no contact made or no big contact made, they won't give it because there's nothing in essence happened but he's flown in with his shoulder with pretty recklessly so yeah I think a red card is is fair
0: And also it was a bit rare because normally there's sort of things, the referee kind of lets it go on and then the TMO will have to have a look at it after but he instantly stopped the game um, but yeah, I, I agree it's kind of intent and I don't really know what he's doing that far up clearing out a ruck and the guy was already on the floor, he does... Contacts his head slightly, but it's just like, what is he doing?
1: Um, It was just stupid, really. Bit of a stinker. Yeah. Um, And then we've got Saracens as well, by the way, whilst we're here. During during our recording, Ben Earl has signed a new contract for Saracens. That is really good news for them. Yeah, so amidst all of the rumours about Bristol going in for him, getting the double with Malins as well, um, Saracens have re-signed Ben Earl, so he's uh, committed his future to um, Saracens. He's finally got rid of Maylands. He's like, yes, get in. Come
0: on. Yes. Um, And then to Wasps, Northampton Saints, the biggest bottle jobs in the league?
1: I mean, they're no longer a club. But... (laughs) How about this as well? Another rumour, James. James, this news is coming in. This isn't even a rumour, sorry. This is breaking news as we record. Um, Wasps have just been suspended for the rest of the season by the RFU. Um, So not only have they called off their Exeter game, they've also been suspended for for the for the foreseeable season um, foreseeable. Um, so, yeah, i don't know what this means in terms of players in terms of where wasps are as a club where they are with the ninety million debt, but for this season it looks like we won't be seeing wasps for the rest of the 2022-2023 season, so we have an eleven team um eleven team league as as it goes, and Baxter has also come out and said you'd be very surprised if we don't see a ten man league by the end of it so. Whether there's another club in difficulty, we don't know. Um but but yeah, it's not looking good, is it? Um
0: no. But I'm still gonna bash Wasps, whether they're playing again this season or not, because they
1: are bottle jobs, man. <laughs> yeah, they they did two tries in the last two minutes, weren't
0: it? Well, yeah. It was a try in the 79th, basically, and then Wasps kicked off at Northampton four phases later scored a try. Four phases.
1: So two, two things I want to say on this one, right? Was that pass for the last try forward? Flat. Flat? Okay, I, th- I think probably same, to be honest.
0: I, I always give... A- I give the benefit of the doubt flat. I gave Hogs the benefit of the doubt the other week. Flat.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually, because you can't see the shit. Um, flat. And the red card?
0: It's a red card? Um, Whether yeah. Jacob Manga knocked himself out doing it, he... <laughs> <laughs> he got crushed into Skosun's ass. is basically what happened. Um, yeah, he's looking at the ball, not looking at Skosun. Skosun's jumped and he's just ran um, and then ran into him, basically, and put his arms around him and taking him out. And then Skosun lands and hits his head on the floor. Um, now, unfortunately, Umanga was the player who got hurt worse. Um, but it's a red card.
1: Yeah. I think my only one problem with it, right, and I I fully agree, I think it's the right decision. It's more in how they got there, Um, was when he said he's not in a realistic position to compete for the ball. Well, he wasn't. I think he is,
0: though. No, because he, well, no, he wasn't, because he has to get in the air to compete for the ball. You can't, you're never going to catch the ball on the floor when a guy's jumping up in the air above you.
1: Well. I think he was in a realistic position.
0: How the fuck was he ever going to catch that ball? Well,
1: do you see,
0: do you see how far above his head Skosun caught it? Skosun caught it in front of his face, and oh, he was jumping above Umanga.
1: Okay, what? What I think let Umanga down, regardless of what, whatever, in terms of like the run up to it, was the way that he wrapped his arms. Um, well, yeah, I think that was just of the. Oh,
0: I've ran into him. My arms have kind of gone out.
1: Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is if, if he kept his arms by his side as he jumped, and I, don't, I know it's obviously quite difficult to do, but if he didn't wrap his arms and then the man just went, I think it might, there might be a chance that it's a yellow card rather than a red. I um, don't
0: think, because he still flipped him onto his head.
1: He didn't land on his head.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, but it was because of the landing that they gave a red, not a yellow.
1: He's on his back, right? It
0: was, it's because it was the top of his back and his head smashed into the ground,
1: which is why. Yeah, it's not a nice one. Um, no. Either way, it's that it's a red card, isn't it?
0: But I tell you what, they kept bigging up. I don't know who started eight for Northampton. I'll look now if the page loads. But they kept picking him up and saying, oh, he's doing so well to keep Augustus out of the team." When they brought Augustus on, they looked so much better. Um, they they had a bit of go forward. Like that was what uh, Northampton's problem largely. They had very little go forward. Their pack wasn't making any. Yards, they were just, and they were very stale. And because of that, Mitchell, Mitchell does his best work when it's a forwards broken, they broke the line and then he can pick and weave and uh, and, and create gaps. But everything was backwards or, or not making any yards. So then Mitchell was stifled and he is potentially their best weapon. Um, Bigger obviously also got injured, but Bigger weaved a bit of magic. Both fly-offs scored a wonderful, uh, great tries. Um, although, did you see Atkinson's try? Uh, yes. Was it not obstruction in the midfield?
1: Trying to think back to it.
0: Uh, I thought there was obstruction in the midfield. Like the prop was trying to cover across, and um. Oh okay, never mind. But basically, I thought it was. I thought it was. um, I tell you what, it was. It was an
1: exceptional kick.
0: It was, and by Bassett, it was a great kick as well. Um. But yeah, I think. But wasps, to even once they have gone down to fourteen men, they scored a try that looked like they. And then they still managed to lose it. I mean, it's it's.
1: I'll tell cool. you who's been a, a good signing for Northampton as well? Is um, Lucan Salakai Lotto? Um, yeah, yeah. I think he looks brilliant, and I'm not just saying that because he followed me on Twitter this week. Um, <laughs> but thanks for the follow. Yeah. Awesome. But I think he genuinely looked unreal. You know, those um those type of second rows who also look like sixes. Do you know that sort yeah. of, like, mould? Very Alex Coles, very uh, Courtney Laws. And I think he fits that bill really nicely. Very Theo McFarland. Very Theo McFarland, yeah, indeed.
0: Um, also, Dave Ribbons was another one they brought on. They brought on Joano Augustus and Dave Ribbons, and they oh just God. smash it. Yeah.
1: Oh, that, that, um, that carry, sorry.
0: Yeah. Oh. And it... Nizam car. It wasn't. It wasn't a little man. He bumped off. He sent car flying.
1: Yeah, a lot of people actually saying he should have got like bin for that with the extension of the arms into the contact. Uh, I personally think it was fine, but I can sort of see why some people think that. I think what saved him is as he hit the contact, his arms then come out. Yeah, salty wasps fans like because they Lost. lost. Maybe so, yeah. But either way, <laughs> how, how, how long have we been saying Dave Ribbons is like one of the most underrated players in the prem? Oh, and yeah. just as an absolute
0: former. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, it, it gave real go for those two gave real for and Ollie Slightham got man of the match, and I'm not sure how, but yeah, player though. Yeah, he, he gave them good go forward as well. Um and it was a big win, I think, for Northampton because they've had a bit of a stop start, well, mostly stop season. Um so if they'd lost to Wasps, that would have been a big kick in the teeth.
1: But well, that didn't we? And obviously it changes things a bit now with Wasps being suspended. But we said for both teams, that could be the turning point game, which sees them either kick on and really start to, to go forward or start a real rough sort of vein of form. So um yeah, yeah I might have you um, say for, for Saints.
0: If the same thing happens to WASPs as what's happened to Worcester and they do end up losing all their
1: players, I think there's quite a few in that squad who will be taken very quickly. Yeah, there's going to be, well, you say that though, but I can imagine there's quite a few in that squad who are on quite a significant bit of coin.
0: Yeah, but a lot of them will be willing to take pay cuts as long as they get to a club, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, because a lot of them will be after an international game as well. So,
0: Yeah, a dog room. It's a big he he looks quite dangerous again, as he always does.
1: Um,
0: Charlie Atkinson, if, if you're looking for us fly off, look no further, he looks great. No, I'd,
1: love to, I'd love to see him at Falcons.
0: And Jacob Mango looked great until he got the red card, and he's getting too many red cards. He's getting a lot of stick. But did you see his kicks? He nailed two from over the halfway line. Rangers as well. Yeah, over the halfway line, he nailed two.
1: Has he not averaged a red card every three games? Yeah, over the not- last year or something, he's averaged a red card every three great games. He's not
0: two in two games. So that does. That well, he does. Got
1: three last season, right? No, he got two. I thought it was pure. Eight. Because he got like, three succession, 15. didn't he? And then he got a third, no?
0: Yeah, he's had three this calendar year.
1: See, I thought this was his fourth in this. thing. You know, I don't know. But either way, he's had quite a few for a 15 anyway. Um, I think for him, it's actually a shame because a couple of them have been, well, certainly at least one of them has been a bit, it's more like unfortunate rather than him like going around filling people in or anything, you know?
0: No, exactly. And I don't think
1: this one was deliberate. But you've as you the, the point being though, you've got a lot of hot property players, don't you? You look at like your your experienced players in your um your launch breeze, Vincent Cox up for grabs. Um, you look at that back row. he was going for Alfie Barbary.
0: Oh, and also, well, fuck, fuck Barbary, you can't say fit. Jack Willis. Ugh, he' yeah, he's unreal. I don't know how many penalties he won for Wasps. Jack, but Jack Willis, um, Tom Willis, both them um,
1: fantastic. That Brad,
0: Oden now looks a good shot at center.
1: Yeah, Odendal coming through the centres. Um, I think Atkinson will be a big pull. I can actually see him like being like a French signing or something, you know.
0: Well, I could see him going to potentially a Saracens if they want a young, if they're not happy with Manu Vunipola.
1: Thing is, though, is he? I, I think he's too good to be a to play second fiddle to, uh, to Farrell. Yeah, but put Farrell twelve. Yeah, and Tal Tompkins up, Talazowski up. Play Tompkins thirteen. Yeah, tell, tell us Oski that again, yeah, in the team. Oh, well. Yeah, you're savage, you are, mate. You're savage. I want to see Charlie Atkinson go to a Falcon, mate.
0: Yeah, but he won't win many games at the Falcons. Yeah, but he'll you I mean, you've
1: got an exciting 10 there. Dan Robson, Will Porter. You've got players all over the shop, mate. They're going to be... Yeah, a... yeah, they've
0: got. As we said, they've got one of the best squads in the league.
1: Yeah, um... It's going to be interesting, man. I, I to tell you who I feel for is um, Matteo Minotzi. Obviously picked up a long-term injury. And uh now he'll be all right because he'll go to a France or a yeah, but who's gonna sign him when he's injured?
0: Well he's only got a hamstring injury, he won't be out that long.
1: I thought it was a longer term one.
0: Well, it might be. Hamstring injuries can be quite bad, but <laughs> that's what <you're> it's, <laughs> all right. it's all right, your hamstring leaves up for a while. But I tell you what, Bath, if you're Bath
1: Yeah, no, you'd have a field day, right? Because
0: you take Charlie Atkinson over Orlando Bailey.
1: No, I wouldn't. I think I think it's for Bath, you've got more important things to worry about. Look,
0: right now, who's better?
1: Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's the point of who's better. I think it's where do we need to improve if we've only got a limited salary?
0: Surely cap, they can bring any more players, and they just signed half of Worcester score. I'm
1: sure they probably find a way, mate.
0: I reckon everyone's laughing at Bath because they all went right. We knew Wasps were going under next, so they're like, right, we've not gone in for Worcester, and we'll go in to Wasps and take all their players because they're better players than the B- <laughs> Worcester players.
1: Yeah, maybe, but it's, the thing is, it's so sad in this situation. I just right. hope, and I know it's, I know it's sad to to say from like a Wasps and a Worcester perspective, oh, all these players are going. Um, but I, and I do sincerely hope that all of these players do find clubs quickly because there's a lot of players to be out of a out of pocket for time being. It is. To get.
0: It is. Um, I think the thing with Wasps is a lot more. They've got a lot more high-profile players, which may help them, especially abroad, get um teams
1: yeah yeah that's that, that's a good point actually and i think you probably will see a lot of uh, abroaders abroaders
0: foreigners uh, <laughs> uh right on to predictions because this pod's going on and i need me tea. um <laughs> uh last week we drew again um so the record is two to me one will two draws um but I still kind of want to claim a win because I said Leicester beat Sale and that game was close, but you said Bristol beat Exeter, and I think for that, that's just a howler. Like, the game's the game, mate.
1: The game is the game.
0: That is an absolute howler. Um, anyway, we drew on uh, to round six playing this weekend. Um, it's an all right game of round of fixtures, nothing really. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, okay.
1: it's not as exciting as the last two
0: weeks, is it? No, it's nothing really. I will tell you what, that Exeter Wasps game would have been good, um, but unfortunately, that's not there. Um, And we actually still have a full round of fixtures because Worcester were this Worcester's bye week. So obviously, if Worcester had been out, we would have been down two fixtures, but because it's Worcester's bye week, we've still got five. Um, so that's another thing that's sad, isn't it? We're only going to get four games a week. Yeah, that's true. Well,
1: hopefully, I can watch them all now.
0: Yeah. Um. Right on to round six. Yeah. Uh. Sail at home against Irish.
1: It's Gotta be sail on it.
0: I don't know. You're the big Irish
1: fanboy. I do love Irish. I do really love Irish. But I think sail at home with the world class nine ten combo. Scottish.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think they packs to going to be too dominant. I think. That's when Irish struggle a bit. If they come up against really dominant packs, um, you just don't get the opportunity to get your backs the ball, and that's where they really thrive. So I'd go for sale as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Um, Gloucester at home to Bristol. Another derby. Back-to-back derbies for Gloucester. I think you've got <laughs> Gloucester, right? If Worcester had played, they would have had back-to-back-to-back derbies, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, it would have been exciting. Um, I think Gloucester, based on the fact they're at home... Um, I think what you do risk is Bristol come in like four guns blazing after a bit of a hammering at home last week um, and rumours that Radran would maybe fit and ready to go. So, yeah, it could be an introduction, Um, but I'll go with Gloucester.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go for Gloucester as well because I think Bristol are crap. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, Northampton, Newcastle. If we Are going to agree on all of these predictions?
1: I think. Yeah, it could, be, it
0: could be. Could be that
1: way. Um, Northampton. You should go for a different one. Just so.
0: Uh, <laughs> you uh, should go for. Newcastle? Yeah, you go to Newcastle and I'll I'll go for Northampton. Um, yeah, oh, okay. I think that will have too much for them. Um, I think it might be tighter because Newcastle have not been. Uh, sorry, Northampton haven't been that solid defensively, and with those wingers. Um, I think there's some points in there for Newcastle but I think to worth too much
1: Yep, agreed
0: uh, I'm going to go first this time, Sarri's Bath um, I'm going to go for Sarri's at home, taking on that momentum Are you sure? Yeah, also Bath just because I have a little ticket Bath, why not uh, Bath are, if Worstelring Bath are technically 13th in a 12-team point uh, twelve team league 11-team league <laughs> 11 team, they're 13th and 11-team league. That's pretty roped, isn't it? It's, just, it's not looking great for them. Bath are only climbing the table because all these teams keep going into administration. They're like, oh, we can get that. We'll get top four by the end of the season. <laughs> top eight on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shouldn't laugh. No, we shouldn't. It's bad. But what can you do? You either laugh or you cry. Um, yeah, that's
1: it. And look, always look on the bright side of life and all that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going Saris. Who you got?
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah.
0: Bath. No. No? I'll go, go, I'll go
1: Sorry, I'll go Sorry.
0: Uh, OK. Um, we might differ here. At the stoop, you have you got? Quinns, the Tigers. This will be, probably be the game of the weekend, I'd imagine.
1: I, I think it's going to be Quinns.
0: Uh, well, this is boring. I'll go Leicester then, just so it's not completely boring. <laughs> we have a draw already. Uh, <laughs> I'll go Leicester then. Okay. Um, I'm
1: not very confident. Hey, but- did you know that it was five away wins last week? All wins were away wins. Oh, yeah, it was. Which is oh. quite interesting.
0: Yeah, especially rugby used to be massively...
1: Um, Tell you what's more interesting. Home favourites. Yeah. What's even more interesting as we've just backed, and I know you've backed Leicester really, but I know you wanted to back wins, Um Five out of five home? Yeah, but that's because all the good teams are playing at home. Well, it happens, doesn't it? It happens,
0: mate. Well, yeah, it does happen at certain points. Good teams play at home. I, I found something interesting um, when I was looking at betting, which don't bet because it's bad for you. When the fun um, Sale are ten point favourites at home to Irish. Is that too? That's too many for me. I think.
1: No, I think that's. I think that's probably fair because Irish haven't actually won that many games this year. Or yeah, they have been excited. You know um, what, actually, James? Let's change. I'm going to change mine from Sale to Irish. Okay, fair enough. Coming back and going back on my uh,
0: going back on my call. Also, what do you think on these? Gloucester are seven point favourites. Bristol, fair? I think probably yeah. At home, uh, Northampton fourteen point favourites. Newcastle. Yeah, I go probably fair. I don't. Not with Northampton's actual record. It's it's quite bad, really. Um, I don't think they'll beat Newcastle by fourteen.
1: Um, you, you say that though when we. Um before the bristol win you said and i quote i don't know where a win for falcons this season's coming from
0: yeah no i don't i didn't say that newcastle are going to beat northampton i just don't think newcastle are going to although i did say last week that they're going to at one point they're going to batter somebody and put about 70 points on them so maybe i do. um Oops. saracens saracens are 19 point favorites at bath yeah i think it's it's sad but i think it's probably true cause... i can't see 19 points surely not I and Quinns are four point favourites against Harlequins.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's maybe so fair, yeah.
0: On the of my betting app, um all the home teams are favoured. So us going for all the home teams isn't isn't too outlandish. Well we are very knowledgeable, you know. We are. Um yeah. and we look at our league table and go, oh right, they're all at the top of the league and they're all at the bottom of the league, <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll go for the ones at the top, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um Right. So just to recap, I've gone for Sale, you've gone for Irish. We've both gone for Gloucester. We've both gone for Northampton. We've both gone for Sarries. I've gone for Leicester. You've gone for Quinns. Re- <laughs> regrettably, I've gone for Leicester. But hopefully I'm going to get another dub because you're quite shit at predicting. Um, anyway, so I hope you enjoyed this week. It's obviously been a bit longer because we've done uh, look to the refs as well this week, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got anything else, p- be sure to send it in, questions, comments, whatever um and we'll try and get back to you if we can um but yeah hope you enjoyed it hope you look look forward to rugby um for the next week and will and me it's bye-bye bye-bye